0: everybody, and welcome to Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David, and again, thank you for joining me. Well, this has been Holy Week, and a lot of things have been happening in the news, which we're going to do our very best to absolutely ignore for the next 20 minutes. But I will say this before we get started, that it is kind of interesting to see what is taking place in the world. And we've been talking a lot about misinformation and all this kind of thing that's taking place in our world today. And and I don't know, I suppose if you're like me, that you're learning so much about the processes, things that actually exist that I didn't know existed before. I didn't, you know, we sometimes just so trust certain systems and processes, especially the law. We trust the law. We trust judges will make the right decision. We trust That people, especially under the political trust of the public, that they're going to do the right thing. But what we're finding out more and more lately is that, wow, there has been a lot of wool pulled over our eyes. There's been a lot of Wizard of Oz's behind the curtains. So, you know, this is a time to be in prayer. And when we think of the future, really, as believers, as people who trust God, that's where we've got to put our hope. We've got to put our hope in God that all things that are evil will be brought into the light. That which dwells in darkness will eventually be brought into the light. We live in a world where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. And so we can put our hope and faith in that very fact. Well, this Sunday, we're going to be talking about gratitude. And so I wanted to let this kind of be like an addendum, an additional set of thoughts regarding that message, and for those of you who do not belong to our church, you're not going to hear that message, and you probably don't listen to our online messages, but only this podcast, and that's totally cool. So, I want to talk to you about gratitude, and I found this article, and I don't really know because I can't find where I got it, but it says from the Mayo Clinic. So, somebody published this and put this together, and it says this, that Expressing gratitude can improve our mental and physical, emotional health. Let me just read this and then make a few comments as we go along. Expressing gratitude is associated with a host of mental and physical benefits. Studies have shown that feeling thankful can improve sleep, our mood, and immunity. Gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety, difficulties with chronic pain, and the risk of disease. If a pill could do all of this, everyone would certainly be taking it. Your brain is designed to problem solve rather than appreciate. You often must override this design to reap the benefits of gratitude. So what's the right amount of gratitude, the article says? Simply stated, gratitude should be practiced daily, just as you'd take that magic pill if it existed. Try starting your day by thinking of someone you're grateful for as soon as you wake up. It could be appreciating a friend who sends you funny texts, a teacher who recognizes your child's gifts, or the barista who hands you your coffee and shares friendly conversation. Later, thank that person with a text, a note, or a kind word when you see the person. Isn't that interesting? And I'll finish the rest of this article in a minute, but just to stop and say that, you know, one of the things that I have noticed in the world of mental health, in physical health, really, or what they would call physiological health, is that a lot of biblical truth really touches on this and that a joyful heart is like medicine. Isn't that interesting? You know, they talk about gratitude being an attitude. And it's so true that we have to choose to be grateful because it doesn't really come natural to us because of our narcissistic and selfish tendencies, we often think about what we don't have and spend the majority of our life thinking about how we can obtain what we want, what we need, rather than to be grateful for what we already have. And of course, this is biblical. I love some of the Psalms, some of the scriptures I'm gonna read on Sunday, just talking about how to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever, to just be very grateful For the love of God can be, you know, our starting point. You know, they talk about here these simple things that we can do to be grateful for. I look at it and say, well, that's interesting. I mean, I'm grateful for the guy who makes my coffee, but I'll tell you what, I'm grateful for the one who gives me peace and joy and hope and faith and has forgiven my sins and will listen to my prayers and my complaints and will be merciful and who is loving me forever. Wow. I mean, that beats out any barista any day let's move on with the article. Behavior changes biology. Remember that behavior changes and it will change us physically. Positive gestures benefit you by releasing oxytocin, a hormone that helps connect people. Some people call it love hormone. You'll also benefit the person on the other end of the gesture. After all, Who doesn't like to be thanked for their efforts or just being who they are? So we're not just talking about being grateful to God, but we're grateful to people. And so I probably should have picked up on that in the first little commentary, that of course we can be grateful to God, we should be grateful to God, and that's where it begins. But what they're saying in this article is that The person-to-person gratitude is what really does release this oxytocin, the hormones that help us do the physiological stuff we're hoping we'll do. So it's with people, but isn't that biblical too? It says, love the Lord, our God with all heart, soul, mind, and strength, touched on that, but then to love people, even as ourselves, that is where we can begin to love them by first of all, being grateful for them. And we're talking about the people in our life, like our spouses, our friends, our coworkers, to be grateful for what they mean to us and begin to communicate that in some way. So it says, we like to be thanked for our efforts. So sharing kindness can make you healthier and happier. Another idea is to keep a gratitude journal. Set aside some time during your day, perhaps while attempting to relax your mind before sleep. Think back on your day and write down the things that went right. Maybe your spouse took care of a household repair, you heard your favorite song on the radio, or you saw a double rainbow. Try writing about the many blessings you may have taken for granted, such as having clean water or having certain abilities, your skills, your talents. Our lives are full of reasons to feel thankful. Sometimes we need to remember to notice them. So the thought of gratitude is a very, very powerful thing. Again, in scripture, we find a lot of examples of where praise is what opens the heart. It cleans out the heart. And that's why I love worship so much. And my friends who I know listen to this podcast, I know you love worship as well. And it's not just the spiritual attitude of gratitude, but we see that it really does benefit us physically. And I can honestly say that there are those times that when I'm feeling down or maybe I've been criticized or begin to realize that something didn't work the way you had kind of hoped it was going to work. For me, having gone through surgery recently, had a lot of opportunity to think about myself getting old and what does my future hold as far as mobility and all of that. But as you begin to thank God for the things that he has done and what you're hoping that he will do, as far as tapping into those promises. See, that's the other thing this article doesn't really touch on, but I do in my message for Sunday. And I want to really just, for those who wouldn't get a chance to hear it, to just communicate that right now, to just say, you know, gratitude is based on two things. It's gratitude based on what God has done. And that's what this article touches on, being grateful for what has happened to us, what we've been given. But also gratitude is based on what we hope for. And that is the biblical part. That is the power that this world doesn't really understand without Christ. Because to be grateful for what God will do is the most powerful thing. Because it is the expectation. It is the invitation of God doing something wonderful, more wonderful things in our life than what we have already experienced. Because to be grateful for what we've had in the past You know, that's good. That's awesome. And it will release inside us some stuff. And as we communicate that to people, grateful for what we've done, that's just one aspect of it. But we can tap into an even richer, deeper, maybe even hormonal or physiological thing that faith releases. And that is thanking God for what he's going to do. So we can take a few minutes to think about that, to just say, Lord, what is it? that you are going to do? What do I need you to do? That's really where I wanted to lead you today was, what do you need God to do for you? So biblically speaking, we start with gratitude. We start with, God, I'm grateful that that is something you're willing to do. Because Jesus said, believe. What did it say there in Mark 11? In verse 24, I think it is. That If we believe, we will receive anything we ask for in prayer. Jesus was astounded at the unbelief of his disciples when they were astounded. Of course, Thomas is on another level altogether, isn't he? He's not a man who is very grateful because he's not a man of real faith. So he stops with his current condition. But when we are grateful for what God is going to do or what we hope God to do, then that really opens up a lot of different opportunities for us. Especially when Jesus is saying, look, go for it. Plumb the depths of possibility of what God can do for you. And so let's put it all together. So we pray and we say, Lord, I need this. I need you to do this in my body. I need you to do this in my mind. I need you to do this for my wife or for my husband or for my children. I need you to do this to my bank account. I need you to do this in my family and my children, my coworkers, my boss. I need you to change my circumstances. I need you to bless our national leadership, our state leadership, whatever it is that you're burdened about. We start with the prayer and we believe. And then if we're following in this pattern, we thank God for it. We thank God ahead of time for it so we believe that we will receive it and then we're just thankful and it's almost like saying grace at the table you close your eyes you're not looking at your food and you're saying lord thank you for this meal that i'm about to participate in kind of reminds me of that movie hook where the lost boys are all sitting there and they're make believing that they have food in front of them when there's no food, they use their imagination. And it always struck me as kind of an illustration of faith being the evidence of things hoped for, right? This is what we're talking about here. We're sowing gratitude, which is another level of belief. It really is the same thing. It's faith. But by expressing gratitude to God as if he has already done it is another level altogether. And so when we think of This season, when we think of Easter and what Jesus did on the cross for us, we can really look forward to the future because the promise giver is also the promise keeper. We can trust Jesus because he made a promise that he would come and obey the Father and do what the Father asked him to do by becoming obedient even unto death, suffering the punishment of a criminal, yet not deserving it, and dying for us and then rising from the dead three days later and now looking at us with that eye I mean I just can imagine the look of Jesus I wish I was there I will see it you and I will both see it one day when I think of the Great Commission I don't think of it in these terms but I'm going to from here on out and that is that he looks at us with just a smile on his face and says hey all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me now go go Make disciples of all nations. Go. Go baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And with not that command in the sense of a threatening command. You better do it. But hey, go. Have fun. Watch me substantiate and to cover you in every step you take. So we're grateful. We're grateful for the one who conquered sin and death. And we're also grateful for the one who says believe and we will receive anything we ask for in prayer. And we're grateful for it ahead of time. Lord, thank you, Lord, for moving on on behalf of the needs of my family. Lord, thank you for the needs of my daughters. Lord, thank you for the needs, Lord, of the financial needs that I have in my life. Lord, thank you for the needs that I have in my physical body for healing. Lord, thank you for the needs of financial provision for anyone and everyone, Lord, out there. Lord, thank you for going before me and my coworkers. Lord, some of them need deliverance. Some of them need, Lord, to find you. And I'm not speaking of my coworkers, but I'm speaking on behalf of anyone who might be praying this. And so thank you. I'm grateful that you hear me. And if I know that you hear me, I know that you will do what I ask of you because you're a faithful God. And these are promises based upon your word. So we are in a wonderful place. I wanted to finish with a story that I shared with the online service. I just recorded it. You remember the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. I'll tell you that story right now. You remember Jack and his mother. There's no husband. There's no father. He probably died in some plague because the story was written probably in that time of history, the medieval period of European history. And Jack and his mother, and of course they're poor, dirt poor. They've run out of food. There's really no hope for them because it's just a mother and her little son who can't really garden and run the farm. And so she says to him, Jack, all we have is this last cow. And I need you to go to town and sell this cow. He's our milk. He was our provision, but we can't feed the cow any food. And so we're done. Go sell him. So Jack takes the rein and He's walking the cow into town to sell him. And along the way, he sees this man, this strange man standing on the side of the road and he sees the boy and he stops and he says, boy, where are you going? So I'm going to sell my cow because my mother and I were destitute and this is our last cow and we need the money. And the man says, well, I've got something more special than money. And he shows him this little bag of magic beans. He says, these are magic beans. And he says, I'll take your cow for these beans. And so the boy, being young and being silly, decides to trade the cow for the beans. And that's exactly what he does. He takes the beans, he runs home, and he shows them to his mother. The mother sees the bag, and of course she's hoping for gold to fall out, but only what comes out of the bag are these beans. And he says, mother, I sold the cow for these magic beans. Our troubles are over. These magic beans will feed us forever. And she was just brokenhearted, because she looked at Jack and she realized that he had been scammed and she was angry and yet sad all at the same time. She realized she probably should have done it herself. But she takes the beans and says, Jack, Jack. And she throws the beans out the window and says, son, this man robbed you. He deceived you. And so they both wept and went to bed that night in each other's arms without hope of a future. And yet the next morning and during the night, those beans grew because indeed they were magic beans. And they grew into this vine that grew all the way up into the clouds, up into the heavens. And Jack woke up early and saw that. And his mother was still sleeping. So he climbed that bean stalk, the stalk that went so high. And he climbed it and he climbed it and he climbed it to see where it would go. And when he got to the top, It came to a heavenly village where there was a giant who was living guarding this goose who could lay golden eggs. And of course, I'll make the story a little faster. Jack had an opportunity to grab an egg and take it home, but he thought, no, I'm just going to grab the goose who will lay golden eggs forever. And so he took the goose, but the giant saw that he had taken the groove, and he said, the old fee-fi-fo-fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman, and he begins to run towards Jack, and Jack, of course, climbs down that beanstalk as fast as he can, and when he gets to the bottom, he sees the giant climbing down after him, takes an ax, and he chops that vine down, and it comes crashing to the ground with the giant on it, and of course, he's dead. And now Jack has the goose (laughs) that lays the golden eggs takes it to his mother and voila, the goose lays a golden egg and their troubles are over. And the moral of the story is, believe the child. It makes me think in terms of what Jesus said. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is for children and it requires a childlike faith to enter through the door of the miraculous life. And so even though Obviously, it's, it's a silly fairy tale. You can see that it was influenced certainly by the Bible and for those who have hope of the future and that sometimes we live in a world where the magic beans really represents the hope of tomorrow. Those beans represent the faith in something you can't see or what seems to the world as fake scam promises. Boy, how many times do we hear that? Oh man, the Bible's just full of a bunch of lies. The Bible this, the Bible that, Jesus this. Jesus said you can believe on anything. You can say to this mountain, be picked up and thrown. Oh, it's just a hill of beans, it's just a a lie. Mm. And yet we learn that Jesus said, no, that's exactly the way it works. Is that it does seem like silliness and a scam to those in this world, especially adults. But children, a childlike faith opens the door to the kingdom of God, and to the blessing for the rest of our lives. And there, folks, is the moral of the story is that we have to have simple faith. We have to trust. We have to believe that God can do incredible things in us and through us. It may seem like just a sack of beans, but it's so much more than that. We have a book full of precious promises that are based upon a God who fulfilled those promises. Jesus earned our trust by giving his life for us. The Father has earned our trust by making the promise that he would send his only begotten son and to redeem us and save us for eternity. He didn't come to condemn the world, folks. He came to save it. And that means you and me. And that means all of the wonderful, precious promises given to his people, saved up in the Bible For those who believe, they're all ours. And we can take a moment right now to ask God to do those very things. Join with me. Lord, I thank you that in these days, God, we're confused by the things of man. Lord, there's a lot of doubt, a lot of chaos. Lord, a lot of counterfeit promises. Lord, a lot of people who make promises that they don't make good on, liars, cheats, misinformers. But Lord, you are faithful. Lord, very, very faithful. And Lord, you will make good on every promise. Jesus, you put it all the way out there. And I know it's not hyperbole. When you say, Lord, that we can believe and ask for anything, you will do it. Lord, mixed with a childlike faith, Lord, indeed, the sky is the limit. Lord, there may not be a goose, Lord, that lays golden eggs for us to have. But Lord, there's something far better. And that is a God who will supply our every need according to your riches and glory. And Lord, we thank you for that. May you do it for every single one who's listening to this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, folks. You have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye.